I was trying to make up my mind what I was going to preach about this morning. My heart has been so full in the last few days as we have sought God together with brothers and sisters in Christ from across the district, folks that came from Texas to preach to us and from all over the country. Brother Jared Henry, my buddy, came down and we were able to sit and listen to him about the atonement. It was so good and so good to be with God's people. It was so good to be in God's presence. Can I tell you, when we're in God's presence, everything changes. And without God's presence, we can't do anything. We can have good music and we can know all the Bible quizzing and we can, we, we can pay our tithe and we can go through the motions and this, that, and the other, but without the presence of God, it's all for naught. And we need His precious Holy Spirit to work afresh and anew in our lives. A few weeks ago, I went to E-Town. We had a meeting together between our area, our mission area, and the mission area in Louisville, and we met there in E-Town. And Brother Harry Curry did a Bible study for us, and he really just kind of led it, and we all talked and interacted and, 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 and uh, ministered to each other as we dug into the Word. You know, Scripture says uh, in, in John chapter 1, what we have seen, what we have touched, what we have handled, and we handled the precious Word of God together. And he did that on the Beatitudes. And uh, it was so good. It was rich. So I've been thinking to myself, man, I need to do me some preaching about the Beatitudes. And then we, we went to uh, this conference, and we sat in a conference with, with a gentleman by the name of Corey Jones, and uh, he was one of the main speakers, but he also did some seminars, and he did a thing on the Beatitudes, and so we were there, and, and I, I kept hearing it. And yet, as, as he spoke, and, and my heart has been seeking what it is that God would have me say to you, God has brought me back to this place to be your leader. But he's the leader. We're all going to follow him. But, but he's brought me back here with a voice that he wants me to speak into your lives every week. And not just on Sunday. And, and so I've, I've been feeling it, that this whole thing that we need the Spirit of God to flow afresh and anew in our lives again. We need fresh wind, fresh fire. We, we need his spirit. We can't do nothing. Apart from you, I can do nothing. And, and so I had this battle within me. I talked to Kelly. I said, I don't know what to do. I'm supposed to, I, I feel like I need to preach the Beatitudes, and yet I need to preach Pentecost. And so if we're going to do something, I feel like what we need to do is look at the Beatitudes with an eye towards Pentecost. If, if I was going to entitle it, you know, I don't need to title anything. I tell you, I'll be honest with you, I'm not quite sure where all God's going to take us this morning, but I want us to view the Beatitudes with a view of Pentecost. So we're just going to do one. Somebody said, Amen. The preacher's just going to preach on one, one Beatitude today. But I, I don't think if, if we don't get the first one, we're not going to be able to get any of the other ones. Now, who was it that Jesus, I, I just noticed this this morning, who was it that Jesus was talking to on the Sermon on the Mount? It was his disciples. His disciples gathered around it. His followers gathered around it. It wasn't like he was preaching in the marketplace to people that had never heard about him and he felt like he had to lay out for them some things they needed to hear. It was his followers. It was Peter 
who had left the boat to follow him. It was James and John had left their daddy there at the, with a family fishing business to follow him. It was Matthew who had left his tax collector's booth. It was Mary. It was, it was, it was all of them. So we as the disciples need to sit and listen to God's word as well. Now he, remember the Beatitudes came in Matthew. Pentecost came in Acts. So you get the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then you get Acts, which is really, Acts is a continuation of Luke. Did you know that? In my former book, Theophilus, he's talking about the book of Luke. And so let's, let's look at, at these Beatitudes, just the first one today. Matthew chapter 5. Verse 3, some of these Bible quizzers might could quote it if they've quizzed on Matthew. Maybe even if they haven't. We teach our kids these. Blessed. I thought about getting that sign that's, that's in the Phillips Sunday School class we put in there for uh, our family day and I hadn't taken it down. It just says the word blessed. Blessed. Happy. Blessed. Are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I would hope by the time we get done with the Beatitudes that you can tell me all of them. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Can I tell you something? We don't like the concept of being poor. Somebody say, Amen. Sometimes we are put in situations where we have to fully understand the concept of being poor. But we don't want to be poor, we want to be rich. Robin Leach didn't host the lifestyle of the poor and the pitiful. He hosts the lifestyle of the rich and famous. We'd rather be rich. Y'all remember old Robin Leach? I'm Robin Leach and I don't know why. No, I'm just kidding. Listen. We don't want to be poor. We don't want to lack anything. Can I tell you that maybe one of the reasons why we as a church, we as individuals, we as a people are not experiencing God is because we think we have everything we need. We're rich. Now, church board, don't, don't quote me on that. When it's time to review my salary, you know what it is. We're rich. Brother Jamie, you, don't, you, don't, you ain't seen my bank account. Listen. Some of us think we have everything we need. We got a nice house. We got a spouse that puts up with us. We got a vehicle to drive. We got jobs. We're putting money into the 401k and saving for the future. And we really are blessed. We have so much. There's so much that we should give him gratitude for. But 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 we, he said, Blessed are the poor. And we have all kinds of opportunities. 
We've got all kinds of technology. We've got all kinds of resources. We have, we have, we have, we have, we have. But maybe in everything we have, we're poor in some areas that are the most important. Maybe we lack. But what, what did it say? The poor in spirit. See, you can have everything in the world, but if you don't have the spirit, you don't have nothing. Do you, do, do you hear me? love you. Do you know that? I hope you know that. I've loved you guys for a long time. And when God said that I could come back and be your pastor again, my heart leapt within, inside of me because I already love you. Because I love you. I have to tell you that maybe some of you since, the, since I was here before and even since I've been back you come in and you don't really expect much of anything. Maybe, maybe a good, you, you know you're going to get a loud sermon from me. Some good music, good, you know. Man, church is a really good thing we do. But do you realize that you're poor? And this preacher fell across an altar. On Friday morning, because I knew that God had more for me, and I didn't have enough. Now, you know, don't call the DS. We're not sure the preacher was really sanctified. You know, so sometimes within our church, within our tradition, we 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 claim I was saved and I was sanctified. But man, what's God done for us lately? How's the Spirit been working in our life lately? Well, I love Acts chapter 2, right? All of them were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues and the Spirit gave them utterance. Peter stood up, started preaching. Man, that thing took off. They were filled. But in Acts chapter 4, they had been threatened not to teach or preach in the name of Jesus anymore. And they had to go and pray as a church. And as they prayed, listen, that's going to be a key, guys. As they prayed, it said the place where they were sitting was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit in chapter 4. Now, wait a second. They just filled chapter 2. Sometimes we got to be filled all over again. I, I, I got my, I guess I shouldn't call it my baby, but I, I got my challenger back yesterday. And after a couple cool packs and a oxygen sensor and new plugs and wires, I call him Sully, you know, like Monsters, Inc. Yeah. He's just a V6, but man, he's, he's got plenty of pep. He's back. I looked down coming back to Summersville yesterday, and I was going about 90. I say, Lord, please help. Yeah. Love that. Huh? Yeah. I give him the preacher talk, but he used to let me out of it. But, but if I didn't put gas in that thing, it ain't going to go nowhere. 
I can take it out and flatten some of these curves, straighten out the curves and flatten some hills like the Dukes of Hazard or whatever. I don't, I'm not going to jump it, you know. I'd be a little hard on the suspension. But I don't put gas in it. We need gas. Why? Because we're poor in spirit. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit to his disciples who loved him, who followed him, but who were constantly messing up. Constantly getting it wrong. To the ones that would say, I would never leave you or forsake you. Even if I have to die, I won't leave you. And yet deny would deny him three times. I think a lot of us are there. You see, the, the problem was that, that it wasn't that Peter didn't love the Lord. Peter was poor in spirit. He had yet to receive the spirit. So do you see how we can look at the Beatitudes with an eye as Jesus already knew what was going to happen on the day of Pentecost? He told the disciples, it's better for you that I go away. How in the world does that make any sense that it's better that Jesus would go away when you've been able to listen to him and talk to him and worship with him and, and, and see miracles happen day after day because you were with Jesus. And then Jesus said, it's better for you guys that I go away because I have been with you, but I'm going to send one, the comforter, who will be in you. You see, those disciples were poor in spirit, but guess what? They were blessed because they were poor and recognized they were poor. They had to know that there was something more that God had for them, and theirs was going to be the kingdom of heaven. And if we would get to the point, church, if our preachers and teachers and singers and find upstanding members of the congregation would get to the point to where we recognize that we really don't have anything. We preached a couple weeks ago about Isaiah. When we get in the presence of God, when we experience God face to face, then what we say to ourselves is, woe is me. Isaiah recognized that he was a, he said, man, I'm undone. I'm unclean. I'm a man of unclean lips and I live in the midst of people of unclean lips. He recognized his need. What we first have to do is recognize our need. Yeah. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You know, there, there, there's a lot of, of, of preachers, a lot of, uh, of folks that, man, they can draw a crowd. They can fill arenas and stadiums. It's all about how much you can get. How much, you know, just follow God. He'll do this. He's going to bless you and bless you and give you this. We pray the, Jay, we pray the prayer of Jabez, which I gave that a hard time. There's really some stuff good in the prayer of Jabez, but when you twist that thing to bless me, bless me, bless me, give me, give me, give me, give me, more, 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 more stuff. God doesn't care how much stuff you have. God cares how much of Him you have. When we recognize the need, our need, Rick,
those disciples who heard that message had seen Jesus crucified. They watched him die from a distance because they were afraid to get too close. Peter had denied him. Thomas had doubted him. They all had deserted him. But Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave and rose from the grave. And when they were huddled in the dark one night, Jesus walked in and showed himself to them. They had given up on their ministry and what to, they didn't really know what to do next. Peter went and was going back to fishing and Jesus showed up on the seashore. And Jesus lovingly restored Peter, but I imagine in Peter's heart he was still broken. He had messed up. He would failed Jesus. And it was that group of doubters and deserters and that Jesus met with on one occasion. He said in Acts chapter 1 verse 4, on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this commandment, guys, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my father promised. You see, they were poor in spirit. They hadn't received yet the spirit of God. Then he explains it, a, 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 well, right after that in John 1, 5, he said, For I baptize with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. What does that mean? They didn't have a clue. They didn't have a clue. All they knew was they had a need. There's something Jesus said that you need, and my Father's going to give it to you. And, and so they were poor in spirit, but they were rich with a promise. Woo, I just came up with that. Write that down, Kelly. That's good. We'll put that in the book. No, I'm just kidding. Listen, they were poor in spirit, but they were rich in a promise. Don't leave. You'll receive the, the, the gift that you've heard me speak about, the promise that you've heard me speak about. Then he went a little further on to explain that in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. We like power, don't we? Chris, would you rather drive a four-cylinder or an eight-cylinder? Tell, tell, I'm not talking gas mileage. Remember, we ain't talking about being poor, poor. Well, you, of course you'd rather drive an eight-cylinder. Bored out. You, mean, you, could, you could use all the terminology. Man, sometimes it's like speaking a different language when you listen to some of these car guys that really know what they're talking about. I got a 464 with a bored out. I, mean, I don't know what that means. I just know when I push down that pedal, I like to hear the pipes talk. And if I need to pass somebody on, 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 the, on the highway, when I reach down there to get it, I like it to be there. You know, us guys, us guys especially, we like power. Don't we, Grady? Oh, 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 you know. Would we rather see somebody shoot a layup or do a slam dunk? Of course, slam dunk, I heard you. One of them boys back there, yeah. Too bad none of y'all can dunk. That's why we roll the, the gold down all the way down. So we feel that power. Bam! Boom shakalaka. You know, like we go to a ball game. We want to see a single or we want to see a home run? See a home run. Man, I saw Mark McGuire in the midst of all his 70-something home runs. 
I don't know if he's eating Wheaties or shooting up this, that, or whatever it was. Man, when he hit those things, they flew 500-something feet, knocking lights out of the scoreboard and everything else. You know, staying in the chairs, just bad practice. My power. You know how good that had to sound to Peter? That little girl, little 12-year-old girl. You're one of those. I blankety blank, 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 don't know that man. Can you believe that? The fellow that said, I'll never leave you. I'll never, I'll, I will, I'll stand right beside you and fight. And he even proved it to the point that he cut dude's ear off when they come to get Jesus. But then just a little bit later, he said, I don't know him. I swear. Insert swear word here. I don't know him. But Jesus said, I got something for you. The Father has something for you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You'll be my witnesses at 11 o'clock fast time at the Summersville Church. Of the, that's not what it said. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem. That's where you are. In, Ju in Judea. A little bit Take that circle a little further out. That's like saying in Somersville, in Kentucky, in the United States, and even to the end of the world. What are you talking about? I can't stand up for a little 12-year-old girl. Standing outside in the dark. You see, Peter was lacking. He was poor. He had a need. Thomas had a need. All 120 of them had a need. See, church, until we figure out that we've got a need, what in the world are we doing? Why am I here? Why am I preaching? If we think we got everything we need, then let's just, you know, go to the golf course or somewhere else. Yeah. We need to come with a spirit and, and an attitude that recognizes our poorness, our need, our lack, our, 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 our need of Him instead of thinking, well, we got it all together. About the time we feel like we do have it all together, we need to realize that we need more. Right? They watched Jesus go into heaven. Can you imagine what that's like? Well, there he goes. What now, boys? What do we do? You know, well, he said not to leave. It'd have been easy for them to go back. Get back into life. Boy, that was a cool experience. Don't leave. Power. You'll receive power. Okay, Lord. Not really sure what that means, but all I know is that I'm, I'm poor. I don't have everything I need to have, and you say there's something more. And, and so they made their way back to Jerusalem where Jesus told them to stay. And they went to an upper room. 
I, I kind of wonder, we don't know for sure. I kind of wonder if it's the same place where they had the Last Supper and Jesus washed their feet. Imagine as they walked into that room, their minds would have been flooded, even if it wasn't the same place, walking into an upper room. Those memories would come flooding back. They had a need, they had a lack in their life. I believe they begin to pray. Church, that's going to be big. They begin to pray. I don't know that they even knew what to pray for. They probably just started off, Lord, I know there's a need in my life. I know I'm poor. You said, back. I remember when you said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. Lord, I want to be a part of your kingdom, but I'm, I'm, there's something I don't have. I believe they begin to pray and they begin to pour their heart out to God. You know what was cool is Peter was pouring out his heart out to God. I imagine he heard John over here doing the same thing. And as Peter and John were praying, they probably heard old Thomas over there, Lord, I'm sorry that I doubted you. I'm sorry, Lord, I've always got to see it before I can believe it. And Lord, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry and I failed you and I wasn't there. And as they prayed, they began to hear the other disciples. And they were all praying. And I imagine like sometimes this happens in a prayer meeting, maybe they kind of got up and went and put their arm around each other and they began to pray together. Then, Mikey, we get to my favorite book in all the Bible, and it says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. That doesn't mean they were in the same location. They were all together. They were of one purpose, one mind, desperately seeking what was lacking in them. They recognized that they were poor in spirit. Then it says, suddenly the sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Notice that is not reversed. It doesn't say that they were all in that upper room and the Spirit came and then they got together. The unity came in the seeking and the prayer for what it is that God had for each of them. They didn't try to pretend that they had everything they need, but they knew they needed more. And if today we can accomplish anything as a body of believers together, if we can leave here, if it's one of us, if it's ten of us, if it's two of us, I wish it would be all of us. But if we can leave with an understanding that we are poor in spirit and need more of God. And commit ourselves to doing whatever it takes. I mean, do you not think that Jesus, if he wanted to, that God, if he wanted to, could have just done some, you know, smack him upside the head and give him the Holy Spirit? You know, if he wanted to be showy like, like some of these folks we see on TV, you know. Everybody falls out. Can I tell you something? There is nothing scriptural at all about that junk. Nowhere. Nowhere in the Bible do you see that anybody was slain in the Spirit. 
that's somebody putting on a show. And I don't know that there's very much spirit involved in it. And if it is, it's not the Holy Spirit. It's some other kind of spirit. But if Jesus had wanted to, he said, all y'all get the Holy Spirit. Bam! Like Oprah, you get the Holy Spirit, you get the Holy Spirit, you get the, you know. But he knew that's not how it needed to come because they had to do some work. They needed to realize. They had to want it. They had to get desperate for it. Man, we used to sing, Mike, you remember? And I, I'm desperate for you, Lord. I need you. I have a lack in my life. I am poor in spirit. I am desperate for the Spirit of God. Now, a little bit later, we can talk about getting hungry and thirsty for God. I'm looking forward to this journey we're going to take. But we got to start recognizing, by recognizing, that there's a need. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Every one of them was wanting whatever it was that God promised. They had no clue. If Peter had known he'd be preaching and 3,000 people got saved, if he'd have known that, that just in another chapter he'd be saying to a fellow, I ain't got nothing to give you as far as money. Ooh. I, he, he was still poor in the pocket, but he was rich in the spirit because he said, what I have, I give you. There was testimonies yesterday and people popping up everywhere giving testimonies and I felt like I should have and Maybe I'd quench the spirit because I didn't. There were just so many and I didn't want to get in the way with, with what was going on. If I would have testified, what I would have said would have been something like this. I love people. I love people hard with everything I've got. Sometimes I love people so much that it, I get hurt. I love kids. It thrills me to death when when uh, Ariel runs in and hugs me, I'd like to recruit her for the football team. She'll almost, ta she'll almost tackle you. I love it when, it when the teenagers are out there shooting ball and I go out there and shoot ball with them. I, I love the fist bumps and the high fives. I love cheering for them at their ball games. I love the people at the nursing home that we go and visit. I just love people. It's who I am. It's what God created me to be and who God created me to be. And I told you back whenever it was we came, I know we started in October, but the month before I met with the board, and I'm going to love you. I hope you felt that. But as I've sought God in these last few days, been reminded that just loving people is not enough. I've got to have something to offer. And as much maybe as you look at the preacher or others and think, well, you know, they've got it together. I'm here to proclaim to you that I have need in my life. And it's not stuff. It's him. But recognizing that I need him and recognizing that sometimes we get poor in spirit. 
is the first step. I mean, I believe that the Sermon on the Mount is the greatest sermon ever preached. Written, spoken, whatever. It's it. And if we could get, if we could live by it, you wouldn't have to worry about anything else. And the very first thing that Jesus said in his most powerful sermon ever was, blessed are the poor in spirit. So those disciples heard that when you realize that you have a need, it's then that you're blessed because then you can be part of the kingdom. I believe in all my heart. That's what excited me so much about coming back here. Because I know you and I know your heart. And I really believe our church is full of people, both young and old, that want to be a part of the kingdom. But folks, for us to get there, the first thing that we have to do is recognize that we ain't got it all figured out. And we don't have everything we need. We can just be fat and satisfied. That we desperately need God. Recognize that we're poor in spirit. So we can have the kingdom of heaven. Now next week, anybody know what the next one is? Blessed are those who mourn. If you think you got everything, then what are you mourning? What does it read? They'll be what? Comforted. Who are they going to be comforted by? The comforter. It's going to be good. Y'all come back. Now you hear Y'all come? Listen. And we'll go, we'll go after that. Meek. We don't like to be meek. We like to be strong. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. Peacemakers. Blessed are you when you're persecuted. Ooh, that'll be a fun one. Sign me up. But let's continue to look at this beautiful sermon of Jesus. Happy, blessed is the person, the people. And we'll go through it, and as we'll go through it, we'll keep our eyes towards Pentecost. We're going to get there eventually. we got to get through Easter, and then we're going to make our way to Pentecost. I didn't have a clue what I was going to say today. But I think the why a little bit. Kelly just rolled her eyes at me. We'll talk about that in marriage class on But listen, let's start recognizing our need. Can I get another amen? Okay. Let's recognize our need. Some of us need some rest. But as we recognize our need, and then we get to the point to where we get after our need. We recognize we need him. And so we find ourselves praying for him. Not for stuff. Not our list. Sometimes we go to God like we go to Santa Claus, right? You know, I would like a... I need you, Jesus. 
Lord, I'm not really sure I even know what this promise you talked about is all about, but I, whatever you say I need, I want it because I don't have enough. I'm poor. Would you stand with me? I think as we preach our way through this series, there's going to be times that the Holy Spirit is going to want some of us to come to the altar and pray. I want to be very careful that in never in any way do I, as the pastor, make something happen like that. But I think this morning, I just want to pray for all of us that we would recognize that we desperately have a need in our life. The old songwriter said, more of you, more of you, I've got all but what I need, just more of you. I don't need more stuff. I don't need more money. Once again, don't quote me on that. I don't need this. I don't need that. I don't need the other. I just need Jesus. And like those disciples that gathered in the upper room, if we'll just seek whatever it is, even if you don't understand it, it's okay. You got something. I don't have enough. Some of y'all have beautiful families. Kids and grandbabies. Boy, you think you got a grandbaby, you got it all, right? Listen, Mamma, Papa, Grandpa. You know what that grandbaby needs more than anything? They need Jesus. And they're going to need Jesus. Where are they going to find him? Hopefully they'll see him in you. Don't you dare lack in your spirit and fail that grandchild or that child because you think you have enough. I got everything I need. No, you don't. No, I don't. I need him desperately. Man, I can get up in front of people and talk. and I'll climb a ladder if I have to or bring in a bunch of luggage, whatever it takes to try to get it through to you. And, and, and you know, I've been doing this thing for almost 30 years, but I don't have enough. I desperately need Jesus. Don't get satisfied. We're rich on a lot of things, but sometimes we can get poor in spirit because we don't have the relationship with Him that we need to have. We've not talked to Him. We've not spent time with Him. We've not fell on our face before God and, and sought Him like they were seeking Him in the upper room. We just go through life and we whine and complain, whine and complain, whine and complain. Oh, my life's so hard. Oh, this is going on or that's going on. Shut up! Maybe you're pouring some of those things in your life because you're seeking the wrong things. Seek God! Think you've got it all figured out? You don't know nothing. Now that sounds harsh. Why can I say that? Because I'm saying it to myself. So I'm going to seek Him. 
I'm going to seek him before I ever get up behind this pulpit to preach to you on Sundays. But guess what? You may come over here in the middle of the week and see the lights on in the church. Or you might not. But the door's going to be open. If you want to come in and join me, then come on in and let's seek him together. You can come up the steps or you can come up the ramp. But you can come up into this upper room and we'll seek God. Now you can do that in your house too. But Ronnie, Ronnie what's going to happen when we start seeking together? Let's go get it. Let's go get it. Let's go get it. And I, I've coached all kinds of athletes. I've coached bowlers. I've coached baseball players, football players, basketball players. About, about every one of them, what I've tried to do is like, listen, how do we go? We go hard. Go get it. Go do it. It's effort. Let's put effort into seeking God. Because yes. every single one of us is poor in spirit. And when we begin to realize it and recognize it, then we're on our way to being a part of the kingdom of heaven.